Thanks for downloading this podcast from Brum Radio. For more programs, search our podcast page at brumradio.com. In the heart of Birmingham, one team to bring you your week in geek. It's the Geeky Brummy Show every Saturday, 12 till 1 on Brum Radio. Hello, welcome to Kiki Brimmer with myself, Ryan Parrish. I'm joined in the studio today by uh, producer Sean. Hello there. Producer Dave hiding at the back as always. Uh, we have the wonderful Tim Millwood from Backface Studios in. Hello, Hello Tim. And we have Keith Bloomfield in with us as well, who's going to give us a bit of a British geeky comic flavour to today as well. Hello. Hi there. Uh, so today we'll be here for the next hour, of course, and we'll be talking about TV, film, games, and of course a bit of 3D printing. Hello, Tim. So you're running a 3D printing and scanning company just down from the road of us at Faisley Studios. Yeah, that's right. So we, we 3D print and we scan people down there. Uh down there. Mm-hmm. And so how did you actually get into 3D printing? Because it's a big thing that's kicking off at the minute. It's going to be solver of the world, according to most tech blogs online. <laughs> so ha- what was your interest in 3D printing to start off with? It started originally, I quite like, um, I'm quite arty and quite like a bit of design, so uh, I, I was quite into the digital side of things. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then got a little home 3D printer just to um, play yeah. around with, and it kind of snowballed from there. Right, cool. And so what kind of modelling services do you use? Right, uh, Backpage Studios. Yeah. Uh, we do a lot of um, a lot of scanning um, with artists at the moment who are liking uh, just catching on to the new technology to produce um, art pieces. Right. Um, we do uh, little miniature models of people mm-hmm. um, generally, which is uh, kids and families and babies and so family portraits, but in but 3D. in three D. Yeah, yeah, that's that's really cool. Um, so. I believe you've also been working on a little side project as well at the minute for yourself, which is a little full-size BB-8 replica, I believe. Yeah, that's right. So uh, at Christmas, I uh, set myself a little project after going to see um, Star Wars. I decided I was going to print myself a, a replica BB-8. Mm-hmm. Um, we finished the body and the head, but um, some yeah. of the guys at uh, Fizzpop, which is the Birmingham Makerspace, yes. um, are going to help me with the robotics to hopefully make it move around. Right, and you've got the uh, sounds and everything and all the lighting programmed in. Yep, I've got, got an Arduino in the head and a flashing lights and uh, talking away. Uh-huh. And you're a big fan of Star Wars, aren't you, Keith? Yeah, big fan of Star Wars. <laughs> and, uh, I think BB-8's been pretty much the favourite little character that's come out. Yeah, the, the Sphero version was nice but too small, so I kind of like the idea of like printing a, mm-hmm. a full-size BB-8 to have running around the house. It's like, yeah. oh, we could come and yeah. do... You just, just get everybody coming in building one of those things. <laughs> I'll send you the files. <laughs> yeah. So, um... So the rig at the studio you use has got a 96 digital SLR camera? Yeah, we've got, yeah 96 um, 18 megapixel cameras which all fire at exactly the same time. Wow. Uh, yeah, <laughs> which was a mission. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and that, that then takes, um, each photo then gets stitched together um, mm-hmm. and it comes up with a point cloud of about 40 million to 100 million points which right. we can then turn into a digital mesh. So that must be a big amount of data to try and yeah, get through it in is. a short amount of time. <laughs> Lots of data. Yeah. So how what what kind of file size would you produce on that? Um, you're looking at a, probably about uh, a few gigabytes, um, <laughs> which we decimate it down before we print yeah. it, because otherwise we'd, we'd kill the printer. So it's still about yeah. 100 megabytes to print. Wow. So it's uh, actually fairly decent size. If uh, anybody knows what megabytes is, it's about <laughs> a seventh of a CD-ROM. Yeah. So that, that's a hefty file there. And um, so you've been working with a few big names in the industry recently. So you've done some stuff with Yogscast, I believe. We did, yeah. Um, Yogscast approached us because they were doing um, one of their big YouTube content um, mm-hmm. sponsored videos, which yeah. in conjunction with Block and Load, which is a computer game. Right. Um, and they wanted some little miniature Yogscast players that they could play crossbows and catapults with and um, blow them up in epic style uh, wow. for their YouTube channel. Cool. And you've done quite a bit with the Gadget Show as well. We have, yeah. Um, they've been really, really supportive. Um, we did some um, work with them last year on um, some, a 3D printing episode that they were putting out with home 3D printers. Um, yeah. We scanned presenter John Bentley right. um, and we 3D printed him and then we sent the file to, to his tech testers um, mm-hmm. to 3D print on home 3D printers. Right. Cool. And so... How long would the process take if we came down to the studio to get a scan and then get a model produced? Uh, to get a scan done doesn't take very long. It really is just a, a flash of light, um, right. and then we capture it all, download the photos. Um, mm-hmm. It takes about an hour to process the data, yeah. um, and then another hour just with manually cleaning it up by hand. Um, the print we generally would leave going overnight, and then a few days to dry and, and dip in super glue. Mm-hmm. 
cool. And so you don't just do models, though, do you? Because you can actually produce um, 3D printed house architecture models. Uh, yep. I think that's something you've moved into recently. We did, yes. We worked with a few architects um, who will supply us with either floor plans or a digital render of, um, of the building that they want to produce. Because yep. our, our large 3D printer prints in colour. Um, will come out with bricks and and look like a you know pretty decent mm-hmm. scale house. Yeah, because if if you've ever looked at architecture models, most of the time it's made by somebody with either matchsticks or a bit of <laughs> uh, polycarbonate foam yep. floating around. So that's a really interesting way of doing that. I mean, I'm sure I saw a video a couple of months back where somebody was actually 3D printing a house, and it took about 48 hours to go from a floor level to a two-story house. Oh wow! Okay. So. 3D printing is becoming a big thing. I mean, have you been interested at all in 3D printing, Keith? 3D printing for me is is a thing because I'm interested in animation mm-hmm. and I've seen studios like Leica uh, using rapid prototyping and 3D printing to do uh, the mouth and the facial elements of their, their models. I mean, that's something that is really, really interesting in terms of being able to, to do that in a very quick period of time and make multiple... Uh, copies of things very quickly so it's like saves a lot of time but also gives you a very consistent and accurate um, reproduction all the time so the whole 3d printing thing especially with the idea of it being something that can possibly scale down to to home use i saw that episode of the gadget show that you referred to and it was like you know this is technology that that has has got very you know real home use if, yeah. if, you, if you're interested in a way but the scale of the things that you're doing is like something you'll never get uh, in the home so I think it's a case of um, it's an industry that's going to have that very kind yeah. of large scale element for, for, for organisations like yourselves but also you know for people who are doing that home mm-hmm. making stuff like people who are doing coding and, and Arduino type bits and pieces that can yeah. make things for themselves or you, you know download files from the internet to get parts that aren't readily available mm-hmm. uh, in in the local stores so the whole idea of being able to kind of produce parts it's that very yeah. kind of like Star Trek replicator type thing mm. if you need something yeah. you can kind of print it at home yeah I mean and I know it's been a revolution in the prosthetics industry a lot recently as well for other having to spend two to three months making a custom prosthetic for somebody you can scan the cast and get it printed within a couple of days and it's been really revolutionary in that I mean it's something I've got a big hope for for the future especially with doing a 3D printed phone at some point so put in your own components 3D print the case and you're one and done so I think it is going to be very revolutionary and with the digital scanning as well Tim you do uh, so can you do custom captures for films games we can yeah um, we've, we've not done any game captures just yet mm-hmm. um, but we're hoping with uh, a few games companies coming to Birmingham soon that yeah. we might get in I think Codemasters are moving on over from five ways down your way, I believe. They are, yes. I've, I've heard rumour. <laughs> yeah, so I'm sure they'll probably pop in and visit at some point soon. But uh, so you can do that with animation. You can. Especially. Yeah. We have been working on um, automating the rig to produce a 3D scan that will right. automatically be rigged and drop straight into a game. Mm-hmm. Um, we've proved the concept, but we've not quite got there yet. Right, that, that sounds great. And I know you're doing some digital scanning at Gadget Show Live, which is coming up over the next... Well, next week, yeah, week, end, week of, and a half. end of March. Yeah, yeah end of March. Of March. Yeah. Um, so, what will you be doing there on the demonstration? Well, we're taking our big booth down there. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll be offering free scans to anyone that comes along. Um, wow! If we're not too busy, <laughs> <laughs> I um, expect a big queue. <laughs> let's hope. <laughs> so, we'll we'll scan people, upload them. Um, they can share the scan, um, but we'll also be offering the three D print service. So, we'll produce miniature figurines, mm-hmm. um, busts, masks. Um, is that black and white or full in full colour? Full colour, yeah. yeah. Wow. Um, and that'll be available for the. It's the thirty first, the first of April, the second, mm-hmm. and the third. So it's all over that weekend. So yeah, Thursday till the Sunday. I think. That's right. Uh, yes, yes. So the Thursday to the Sunday there. Tim will be joining us for the rest of the show. Hello, Tim. Hello. And he'll probably be jumping in a little bit on the geeky goings on hopefully later um, so earlier in the week I had a quick chat with our TV correspondent Paul Hadsley who runs the Happy Talk show every Monday between 12 and 2 and he was just talking about what geeky TV is going on so this was recorded on Tuesday so we're a little bit behind on the week's TV but I'm sure you'll enjoy it anyway so here is Paul Hadsley with Geeky TV Hi Paul How are you doing today? I'm good yes I'm uh, I'm very excited to talk geeky things is it I have to ask you a question is it sweep season in America because we had quite a few cliffhangers this week It is sweep season we've got quite a few renewals so mm-hmm. we've had League of Legends of Tomorrow confirmed for season 2 even though it was originally only supposed to be a one shot season Was it? Uh, we've had Arrow confirmed for season 5 and Flash for season 3 
five. Yep, five it is. <laughs> and Supergirl is currently on the books for renewal. So, what is your show of the week this week? Show of the week. Oh, it's a hard one because I say lots of cliffhangers, and I think the standout series for most of the season for me has been Agent Carter. Yes. And the cliffhanger this week was pretty amazing, but also Gotham, a big word for Gotham. Mm-hmm. Um, this week, the cliffhanger has me on the edge of my seat, and things took a twir- turn and a twist this week. Again, I'm worried about how many spoilers we're going to talk. Yeah. I think we're going to have to get a spoiler alert button mm. for future records. Spoilers. Yeah, but it, Gotham's really picked up after yes. a middling to good first season, I think, yes. is a fair comment on that one. But since well, then. It's, it's all about the bromance, really, between the Penguin and the Riddler. Whatever, Edward Nigma is not the, the Riddler yet, but. <laughs> Um, yeah, they are training each other on how to be evil by the look of it and living in the same house. It could be a sitcom or a spin-off series all of its own. I don't want to give them any ideas because there's probably too many spin-offs at the minute, but they could yeah. probably easily have had the Riddler and the Penguin yeah. as, a, as a side spin-off. That would have been pretty cool. That, that would be a great spin-off there and you can have the Joker popping from the background <laughs> or you can have Harley Quinn doing the vacuuming. Yeah. <laughs> She's probably more likely to turn up more than the Joker at the minute quite a few twists this week and I was uh, I don't do spoilers I don't read comics I'm not I'm just a TV guy and I was taken aback by the ending as well firstly Bruce Wayne's duplicity considering he's only 14 uh, and then the duplicity the twist back on him if you know what I mean so yeah yeah I mean we'll keep it vague at the minute but it's definitely worth a watch I mean it is spoilerific season at the minute especially on Gotham if if you know anything to do with Batman's history and the amount of villains they managed to cram into this season (laughs) well the cliffhanger well it's actually after the cliffhanger in the credits uh, the voiceover guy came over and said and Gotham is back I was like oh here we go it's going to be three months I was like ah next week I was like oh so I do expect um the Penguin and Alfred to team up to rescue Wayne Manor I hope uh, that's going to be a great team up but again I don't do spoilers I don't know but I mean they're both sort of MIA we don't know where their location is so um, I'm hoping it's going to be a good a team up between maybe the Penguin Alfred Detective Gordon uh, and get him on the uh, get them to save Wayne Manor and I think Wayne Manor's probably got the record for the most burnt down building <laughs> <laughs> it's probably been destroyed and rebuilt more times than yeah. most Then Coventry yeah then Coventry (laughs) (laughs) so have you had a chance to watch part 2 of Legends of Tomorrow I did and this is something I was worried about that there is such a big chaos that some people got lost again there was hardly much of Rory this week uh, in the time devils whatever they're called I kill them something different every week Um, yeah but it was a bit better I have to say actually I did I'm not writing it off to say everything takes a while to bed in I mean if if we'd have said that this time last year we'd have written Gotham off I think yeah. and after the first few episodes Gotham series 1 was guess who this guy's going to be guess who she's going to be it's like that's all it was and series 2 is actually doing something with it so yeah, yeah. Le- Legion, Legends League of Tomorrow whatever it is um, yeah. gave um, it a while to bed in and find its feet I think and the something we talked about off air is that I wasn't aware that not everyone on the cast list are regulars no I mean the plot armour is thin at yeah. best on this show well, yeah. which is probably the opposite of what Gotham had last season because yeah. it was introducing every character yeah. as it was through and it's like well he's never going to get beaten up or killed <laughs> or because he's going to be yeah. a super villain later on in the mm-hmm. show but with Legends of Tomorrow they've been a little bit braver I think especially in the second episode mm-hmm. I mean the fight scene was yeah. much better yeah. this week and you actually got to see a little bit of each guy rather than concentrating on a couple I think we have the benefit of drone cameras in, in these days <laughs> it's a lot more high shots of stuff going on in the Black Canary, is it? The girl from White, White, White Canary. Canary, sorry. Uh, the girl from <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, so that's the, she was from Arrow, though. But, uh, she was yeah. the Black Canary originally, yeah, and yeah. now she's the White Canary. Yeah, the White Canary, it's just the sense that she may be good now. But, um, yeah, she, she's obviously, we don't know much about her yet. Well, that's the thing I was actually, we do know much about, but how much, how does this show play to someone who's never seen Arrow or Flash? I, it'd be quite difficult yeah. to me to say because I've watched all of yeah. Arrow and all of Flash, yeah. and it it is with well eight main characters mm. it's quite hard yeah. for you to keep track on who's who and what they do and yeah. who be that but with the White Canary mm. uh, the best way to remember is she's a martial arts expert and yeah. she's going to be the main butt kicker on the show I'd say yeah she kicks butt but she has no powers that's the thing and no one and the, the children of the world never take to the ones with no powers yeah great you've got a bow and arrow in the Avengers <laughs> it's quite ironic cause it come, considering what we're talking about but yeah great you've got a, um, a Hulk and an Iron Man and a, a yeah got demigod and a guy who with a bow and arrow great yeah. you know that's not as good and same thing in in this is so many people with such nuclear fire blasts and yeah. and superpowers and everything else flying around and people with wings as well and then people with ray guns or oh, great yeah. yeah he's got a flame gun and ice gun great but again 
as there is thin plot armour, as yeah. I said on this show, and some of the people who are super powered might not last as long as some of the people without them. Yeah, that's the thing. I don't know who's a regular and who's not, so maybe they'll just each episode they'll kill one off until there's just Rory <laughs> left, and then you go back in time and start again. That could happen. Pilots. Actually, a flash confused the hell out of me this week. <laughs> I'm sort of half remembering stuff from series one. I mean, I say I try and remember everything. I'm, maybe I'm watching too much, but suddenly you had Zoom sort of zoomed off yeah. they've forgotten about their main bad guy and brought back last year's bad guy who was in a different form yes. because he's in the form of the good guy oh it's very confusing and then they spent the first 10 minutes explaining what a power universe was and yeah. it's like well, the thing oh. they're trying to do is reveal it as a time paradox yeah. where reverse flash has to turn up yeah. to do what he did in yeah. the series one yeah so they've reintroduced Reverse Flash earlier from his timeline than he was in season one. So yeah, no one was resolved. No one would have said, "Oh, you haven't done the Reverse Flash thing." You know? Anyway, yeah. So that, it was very confusing. The Flash this week. It's still a good plot in a good episode, you know. But it was like, why have you ignored Zoom? And why couldn't this guy take on Zoom? And you know, why wouldn't Zoom want to take this guy's speed? And yeah. so it was just a little bit weird. I, I think we're up for a few more twists and turns yeah. before the end of Zoom story. Uh, have you had a chance to watch Shield this week as well? Yeah, that was a big episode um, in the Alien world. It, was, it feels yes. weird that. Shield is the one doing Alien Worlds as well, um, but yeah, they're all off over in the Alien World, and then there was a twist there toward the end, and oh, that was amazing. Actually, yes, I think Shield is my—it's either Shield or Agent Carter that's my ep- series of the week. Yes. But uh, yeah, I think I'll go for Shield because of the way things ended, and lots of um, especially after last week's show with the whole mm. um, again spoiler alert, yeah. the whole Director Coulson's girlfriend being killed off yeah. by Ward, yeah. who was the big bad at the end of last series. Wow, it looks like. Well, this is an amazing decision. I'm going to talk about it. So, spoiler alert if you didn't see Agents Marvel Shield. That's what I'd say. <clears throat> um, they're on the alien planet. Ward is holding them hostage, and. Coulson has come through the portal as well. Yeah. But Ward is holding Fitz as a captive. But basically, at the end, yeah. Coulson kills Ward. And the Ward that we see in the post credits, blah, 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 is the alien personality taking over his body. Yeah. So, the long and short of it is Ward is dead, the character. The actor might still be around, but yeah. the character is dead. As far as we know, it may obviously may be undone because nothing is final. But yeah, um, Ward, the monster that they're creating now, will have some of Ward's traits apparently, yeah, yeah, according yeah. to the actor, because I had a quick, quick interview with him on the EW network. Yeah. Uh, so he'll be part Ward, part this monster. I just know Ward is dead. <laughs> and I think it was a very interesting decision to yeah. have the good guy kill the bad guy for once. I liked yes. it. Um, because I, especially after everything he's done, you really do hate Ward. I'm really getting into hating Ward, you know. I mean, they're back through the portal. I'm going to be interested to see if they do cross over with uh, Civil War, especially with yeah. Spider-Man turning up. Oh, now. good link. That's what I was going to talk about next, although I am the TV guy. Yeah. Um, I did try and talk about it to our film correspondent, but he did not want to have a bar of it because he does cultured films. Tim Wilson. Hi, Tim. Um, on my Happy Talk show on a Monday. But yeah, Yes, the Marvel latest Marvel trailer is out. Ooh, it's big news yes. with Spider-Man at the end. I was excited to see Hi, it. Everyone. Hi, <laughs> Hi. Yeah, yeah, Spider-Man. Yeah, That's what I didn't see any web come out of your arm, so I didn't notice you doing an impression. But yeah, I mean, it was a CG Spider-Man. Which anytime there's a CG anything, people like to take well, a little bit of truck with it. But uh, I it looked fine to me. The thing with the Marvel trailers is they always come out with pre-CGI oh, yeah, and yeah. then polish it up yeah. to show they did that, especially with the Thor trailer mm. and the first Avengers trailer, yeah. where so. Iron Man looked incredibly ropey and then he was polished and sheened and shiny oh, yeah. and all raring to go on the actual film. And especially with modern CGI's, they do it up until about yeah. a couple of days yeah. before release. Yeah. I think trying to get that polishing as much as yeah, I thought it looked fine anyway. But uh, what do I know? But did you notice the Hulk wasn't there? The Hulk isn't supposed to be in this film at all. Which is very odd considering he's part of the Avengers Initiative well, and is... everybody else is there. He's missing them, isn't he? And Thor's not there. Thor's no, not Thor's off his, own, off his own planet. He's having his own movie soon. So my fan theory is Hulk will be turning up in Thor Ragnarok. That's, I kind of thought that was confirmed, but it's I don't know. 100% confirmed, and it's not about if Thor is going to be on Ragnarok, yeah. Yeah, yeah. but it's a possibility he okay. might be there. Maybe that's um, post-credit scenes. Stay around, stick around to the end of the movie. Yeah, yeah that's the thing that we do talk about this with, with Marvel. Like, will Shield fit in? Even Carter with her portal. I mean, this black stuff—is it related to the black stuff the portal that's in Shield? Is it related to the black stuff that's being experimented in Agent Carter? I'm assuming it's relating to the mm. Shield stuff because it looks yeah. like zero point energy. They, look, they look similar, similar effect. effect. Yeah, either way, it's a similar effect. So, but we don't get this with DC, which is the annoying thing. There's a Flash. There's a Supergirl. There's a 
Arrow, and they live in their separate universe. Yeah, and then there's going to be, as far as I know, there's going to be a separate Flash for the League of Miller. I believe is going to be the Flash in. See, what's the point in that? Justice League. Uh, they want. They've said quite clearly we keep the universe separately, and even Gotham does not cross over. Oh. I mean, Batman's not. We're fourteen. No, Batman is not fourteen in the Flash and Arrow universe. It's going to be another Penguin as well. Oh, yes. goodness me! Because CW, I believe, don't have the rights to use Batman or Superman in their shows. Mm. So that's why most of the stuff that the Arrow's done so far closely parallels Batman's history <laughs> in a reasonable-ish way. Well, there was a Wayne, there was reference to Wayne Enterprises in Flash or something, wasn't yeah. there? They, they have rights to use that, no, but they yeah. can't put Batman or Superman <laughs> in the TV show. Yeah. So that's why you get stuff like Raz or Raish Elbow, depending on... Is that why Supergirl just mentions her cousin, and yes. that's it? <laughs> and that's why you don't have Brandon Ruth just pop into an episode <laughs> and go, hello everybody, I'm Superman. Yeah. Instead you get DK that has her dad. Yeah, that was that was weird. To answer your question, about from about fifteen minutes ago, it seems a long time. I think my series of the week this week has been Shield. Yes. Because uh, again, but it all depends really on who, who's best at resolving their cliffhangers. Because it's big cliffhanger week. Well, um, we know Josh Whedon is the cliffhanger expert. So yes, Agents of Marvel Shield episode of the week. Ta da! <laughs> and thanks very much, Paul. And we'll be looking forward to hearing you from you next week and we can hear you from you every Monday between the hours of 12 and 2 on Happy Talk thanks very much Paul and we'll see you next week and as I mentioned that was Paul Hadsley from Happy Talk every Monday 12 till 2 on Brum Radio and he has a mix of um, geeky bits as well he does quite a lot of 8-bit covers general craziness and a bit of comedy and Dave usually crashes the show at least once so have a tune in if you get a chance and now it's time for a chat with uh, Keith Bloomfield, welcome back again, Keith. Hello, Good to see you here. And you're here to talk about this week on the British comic writing team, which I'm actually going to admit my knowledge on that is a little bit weak as I haven't been reading 2000 AD or anything like that since probably about 2004, 2005. Yeah. So I'm a bit behind the curve now. So uh, what's gone on since then? Well, British comics is going through a bit of a resurgence at the moment, I think, in in, in my opinion. Um, you know, we've, we've gone from the days where there was... Uh, British comics on the, on the newsstand every week. You've yeah. got uh, 2000 AD, Wizard and Chips, Dandy, Beano, all of those kind Just of things. Magazine, yeah. Magazine. And kind of now, if you take your kids into the local comic shop, it's it's full of kind of. Uh, activity <laughs> magazines and stuff that's basically just licensed material that uh, yeah. that you can get but with I think a, usually with a free toy slapped at the front of it which will break within 20 seconds yeah some it. some terrible piece of <laughs> tat that um, yeah we would break any second and, and, and 2000 AD is still going strong you know we're heading into their 40th year which is yeah. next year mm-hmm. uh, and they're kind of still running with some uh, great great titles at the moment yeah. they've got you know lots of good old uh, classics Judge yeah. Dredd Strontium and Dog still running in the book yeah, uh, but they're bringing in again and the, the newer um, artists and writers, yeah. next generation next of generation, guys that are there yeah. and putting out lots of really good material. Mm-hmm. The Judge Dread magazine is still going yeah. strong as well, and that's coming out that's out every month. Yeah. Um, but what we've got now is that over the past few years, we've got um, titles like the Phoenix comic, mm-hmm. which is a very kind of anthology. All, all age, it'd be all ages, but it's got yeah. um, lots of kind of younger people type um, stories going in. And they started out originally as, as a subscription um, yeah. based only comic, but now it's creeping in, it's, it's gained a lot of popularity, and that's creeping in so you can pick it up in places like WH Smith's. Yeah, because that's really good because most places you'll think it's just Marvel or DC with a little bit of image comics yeah. in and occasionally a copy of 2080. I mean, Nostalgian Comics, of course, have a very wide selection of if you ever get, get to pop in. I mean, I know they're pushing the Birmingham independence yeah. and the British independence quite a lot at the moment yeah I mean things like Kickstarter and crowdfunding has allowed um, creators to be able to to take their vision and put their mm-hmm. books out to an audience that's al- already yeah. prepared to, to kind of um, buy their material so recently we've had um, people like uh, Guy Davis and, and Jimmy Roxon yeah. putting together their title Gold Tiger right. which was, was the idea was that this was a kind of a lost 1960s comic strip right. that's been rediscovered and has been repackaged so they've, they've put that, that together really using cool. Kickstarter and that's proved so popular that they're now publishing that it's going to be I believe uh, 2080's first non kind of reprint book that they're going to be right. putting out. I think actually, I think it's actually available now. Mm-hmm. Uh, and again, it's that kind of the look of it is is beautiful. It's kind of really kind of captures that kind of modesty blaze James Bond kind of yeah. 60s spy adventure kind of thing that's going on. Mm-hmm. And again, it's just um, a way of getting uh, new readers in, seeing new creators yeah. work. So. Uh, people like um, Dead Canary Comics based yeah. in London they're publishing kind of 
you know, very, very, very regular books. And they also bring in artists, people like Shaky Kane, mm-hmm. who people might remember from the 1980s, um, yeah. doing really nice books. Um, so it's it's kind of it's a it's a good it's a good kind of range of books that you're getting. Uh, you know, you've got book titles like Harker, yeah, uh, which you know another again is another uh, British comic book, and it's. It's it's difficult to find them kind of you know in your local news agents, but if you're going yeah. to places like Nostalgia and Comics or you're looking online, yeah. there, there's a wealth of, of really great titles out there. And British artists and British writers are still doing lots and lots of stuff in the American market. So mm-hmm. we've got people like uh, Ben McCall who's yeah. currently doing the Grumpy Cat comic. Yeah. Um, but again, it, we've, you know the British influence is still huge, and I think mm-hmm. the the British market itself is just kind of beginning to bubble up again that we've got really good creators really good titles coming out and so the idea of something like the comics festival that's coming yes. up in a couple of weeks yeah that's going to be jam-packed of not only the international creators but our homegrown creators yeah and i think that's another thing that make a big point about it. comics don't just have to be about superheroes i think with the whole ride riding of the massive success of marvel and disney it's not just always superheroes that you can find in the comic shop i mean there's a lot of diversity i mean the guest we had on week two which was steve tanner from birmingham's comics festival as you mentioned there keith he's doing a 17th or 18th century inspired uh, highwayman series with a little bit of steampunk mixed in called flintlock i think that's on Kickstarter at the minute yeah uh, so get out there and find new things don't always rely on the same four or five titles i mean uh, how about yourself, Tim? I, were you a big comic reader in your youth? I wasn't. No, I, I really like comic TV and comic films, but yeah, uh, not. I didn't really read them. <laughs> well, it, it's one of those things where it, it's. I, I'm pretty much like Keith. It, when I picked up my first issue in 2000 AD, that got me into this whole spiral where I was every week it was me clearing the shelf off in the local newsagent. I mean, I'm sure you were pretty similar there, Keith. Yeah, I think I was like nine years old when 2000 AD first came out, and it was the, that. Like from going from something like the, the Beano and and that to 2000 AD, where you've got dinosaurs kind of munching on cowboys, and yeah. it was just you just went, this is amazing. And the artwork as well, it was a very mix of British and kind of European art styles. So you've got mm-hmm. people like Badalamenti and stuff doing art in there, yeah. And um, Carlos Esquire who was doing Judge Dread, yeah. And it was like this is just something else. It kind of you know you were nine and your mind was just. Boom, and, uh, and 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 2000 AD as a book has gone on, and it's generated so many yeah. iconic characters that yeah. you know you you mention Judge Dredd to people, and yeah. they'll know who that is. That he's, he's as iconic as Mickey Mouse, Batman, Superman, and, and so you know these these characters are. Uh, and their their writers John yeah. John Grant and Alan Wagner and Alan's doing a, yeah. uh, John John's doing a new book at the moment which is kind of football mixed with um, demons and stuff so I think <laughs> sounds it's interesting just recently come out Rock of the Reds I think it's called um, they might have to create that it was recently yeah. come out so he's been um, doing a lot of stuff with that recently uh, that's fine I mean I'm probably most of the audience will know Judge Dredd from either the Sylvester Stallone film which everybody seems to want to try and forget nowadays mm-hmm. and the recent release with Keith Urban which I think was one of the best comic book movies of the last ten years done really well properly done in the style of how the comics were there's quite a lot of niche little references hidden in the background yeah. in the film the, the good thing about that was that Alex Garland was, was uh, yeah. responsible for the kind of writing on that and you've seen him go on to do things like Ex Machina and stuff yeah. and again these the, these films and dramatic pieces are being influenced by comics and writers that are coming out from these kind of um, fields so it's like it's a, it's a very you know, I'm very hopeful that the British comic scene is going to kind of have a new, um, a new, uh, you know, a renaissance. renaissance. Yeah, yeah, renaissance is the word I'm looking for. Yeah. But it, and things like the Comic Festival and, and there's an Independence Comic Day coming up in June. Mm-hmm. Just getting people exposed to these these books that are, like you said, they're not yeah. just superheroes. They're stories about 1920s actresses. Yeah. They're stories about teenagers. They're stories about. Um, rabbits and yeah. creatures and anthropomorphic kind of stuff but it, yeah. it's you know it's like t- it's like good tv good comics can go take you anywhere yeah and the way i always describe it, it's comics a medium it's a type of art form it's not a genre so it, yeah it can expand out i mean one of my favorite emic comic books was uh, mouse which was quite a deep and serious comic book actually where it's talking about um it's parallel to Auschwitz and the experience that way, and it's a very deep, very moving comic book. And most people would probably not pick that up off the shelf if they don't realise what the kind of content is. So it can be a lot more adult as well. It can yeah. be a lot more geared towards children. And uh, my recommendation is 
go down somewhere like Nostalgia Comics, talk to the staff, say what you're looking for, ask if you want to find something a bit different rather than the same superhero, same 10, 15 superheroes that everybody knows about and that's out every week. So go enjoy that. And that's pretty much it from me for this week. Thank you very much to our special guest, Tim, from Backface Studios. Thanks for having me. And you can find you at backface.co.uk backface.co.uk and on Twitter at at Backface Studios uh, thank you very much also to Keith for dropping in giving thank us you. a bit more about the British comic book history uh, producers Dave thank you uh, producer Sean of course yeah nice one I'll catch you next week uh, welcome to Geeky Brummy I'm here today with producers Paul hi Paul hi and producer Guy hiding in the back of the room hi and we're we... not important <laughs> don't mind us and we'll be here with us for the next hour here on Brum Radio talking TV film games and cosplay with George Ellesmere of Caramel Latte Kiss Cosplay and Safe Harbour Cosplay hi George hi and we've also got Philip Ellis in the studio who will be talking about his new Brum Radio spoken word show a little bit later hi Hi, Phil. Hi. And now we're talking to George Ellesmere of Safe Harbour and Caramel Arte Kiss Cosplay. Hi, George. Hi. So, cosplay. Yep. <laughs> How did you get interested in it to start off with? It's just playing dress up, isn't it? I was always one of those kids who had a massive dressing up you, box. It's an reckon, excuse to, you know. Do you reckon you should explain it for those who don't know? <laughs> yes. So, what it is. Yeah, what is cosplay? Yeah. <laughs> cosplay is short for costume play. Uh, it's mm-hmm. essentially uh, dressing up as uh, a character or usually from something like comics, movies, books, yeah. anime is another bigger one. Any cult TV yeah. medium, basically, that kind basically, of thing. Basically, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so um, so with cosplay, so you said you got interested from an early age. Um, um, yeah, so I was also one of those kids who liked playing dress-up, um, and then you know, started going to conventions and seeing people in awesome costumes, and there is that, I want to do that, like, that's wicked, like, <laughs> yes, I want in on this, and now I'm obsessed. <laughs> so who do you usually cosplay as? Uh, Rogue is my main character, the one I'm kind of mostly known for, uh, hence the X-Men theme earlier. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I also do uh, Sally Jupiter um, from Watchmen, and yeah. I do Kaylee Fry as well from Firefly. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've got a few new ones coming up this year as well, which should be cool. That's cool. Spoilers. So, <laughs> so how do you go about choosing a costume? So as you could say, like you mentioned, Rogue from the X-Men, there's multiple variations across comic book, tilt, yeah. film and TV. How do you choose which one that you want to go uh, for? I always go for just picking the ones that I like best. Um, mm-hmm. I'd also figure out things that you're actually capable of making. That always helps. <laughs> there's yeah. a few of those. Do, that you, can do go. you take requests? <laughs> <laughs> I mean this I in the most do. genuine way possible. <laughs> Only as a, a fan of science fiction. <laughs> um, how much white makeup do you have? Because you could, I wouldn't. I, if I was a girl, I'd be Chiana. Ah, yeah. No, Farscape. I know an awesome Chiana cosplay. If look at Foxy Bop cosplay. Ooh. She does a really, really great Chiana. Um, she's a, a fellow rogue as well. But oh, really? she's, uh, she's Appar- very cool. Apparently, Chiana was based on the. Um, oh, what was the play? It was the film, sorry, Blade Runner. Yeah, the, the, the girl in that. Yeah, Daryl Hannah. Yeah. yeah, but a lot, mo- lot more monochrome and. Yeah. yeah. Must have been a while in the makeup chair. How long do you spend in the, in, on it when you're dressing up? How long does it take? I'm doing this now. So <laughs> it depends on the costume. Um, some of mine are reasonably quick. Um, so things like Kaylee is, is very quick and easy. Um, yep. The longest to get into is Sally Jupiter because um, it's you know, victory rolls to take. Despite the fact it's the smallest costume, yeah. it's it's a lot more fiddly. <laughs> like, so you're sorting oh, yeah. out the hair and the makeup and getting into the different bits of it. And it's layers of corset and all sorts. Yeah. It's, uh, it takes a little while. <laughs> and you've launched a new one recently, which is Pinup Row. Yeah, I did that out for the first time last weekend at MCM Birmingham. Uh, mm-hmm. It's based on a piece of fan art by uh, uh, an artist on DeviantArt called Lovely Zita Lee. Um, so right. It's like a, a pin-up yeah, version of Rogue. So with so when you've got a convention on, it mm-hmm. must take a lot of preparation to work out who you're going to be, where you're going to turn it, what time and who you're going to have shoots with. So do you do yeah. quite a lot of fashion photo shoots while you're there? Uh, I usually do a few, yeah. There's a couple of photographers that I work with kind of pretty consistently. Uh, a couple that I know very well, you know, come to be good friends as well. So I usually kind of, yeah, so looking at the schedule, seeing who else is around, figuring out mm-hmm. between different friends. So I cosplay a lot with my boyfriend, he's yeah. my gambit. So it's working out if we're doing conventions together and figuring out what days, if we have got matched costumes, what we're going to do for those. There's that's a bit the, of organisation in advance, yeah. And that's David, who is also part of Safe Harbour Cosplay. Part of Safe Harbour, and he's also yeah. Aces and Armour Cosplay by himself. Yeah. Do you like meet lots of other cosplayers when you're wandering around or share ideas, best practice? Yeah, definitely. I think that's a big part of it is it is a, a real social scene. I've made well, I met David through uh, through cosplay. Um I've okay. made a lot of friends through mm-hmm. it as well. I think you do start to recognise people if you go to a lot of conventions, you see the same yeah. people around. Did you meet David or did you meet Cloud Strife or something? <laughs> <laughs> Who was he at the time? Uh Black Mask, actually when we first oh, met. Right. For, yeah, we uh, met at a uh, a Gotham based photo shoot. <laughs> Interesting. So you said you were down at MCM Comic Con last week, mm-hmm. so that was 
both Saturday and Sunday. So yeah. do you swap costumes? Uh, I do, do you... yeah. Um, I usually have a different costume each day, yeah. So I took Rogue and the new pin at Rogue last time. Mm-hmm. And do you get a lot of requests for autographs, pictures when you're wandering around? or Pictures, yeah, definitely. Uh, Rogue is always a popular one. Um, mm-hmm. I think there are a lot of, particularly from, from men, I think it's uh, a lot of a lot of people, their first crush <laughs> is 90s cartoon Rogue, I think. Yes. So there's a lot of that, like, oh my God, it's great, which is <laughs> always nice. And Shiana for a lot of people, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so what's your process when you go through deciding if you're going to do a new cosplay? So like you mentioned uh, Kaylee from Firefly there. So what's yeah. your process when you think about how you're going to, get that outfit together do you use lots of reference material wander around the internet yeah definitely there's a, a hours and hours and google images usually um of kind of trying to find different angles of the costume so particularly for something more detailed so things like sally jupiter took a lot of research so i was trying to find images yeah. of what the bat looked like and what the underlayers and how to work out the hair and yeah there's a lot of staring at google images and watching the source material or reading whatever you're kind of pulling from yeah, yeah. so you've got the Zack snyder film version of silk spectre yeah. which had three or four variations of silk spectre in that if i remember yeah, you had the original different. silk spectre and you had both versions of the yeah. daughter who took over the silk spectre role if you ever read the watchman comic book which is in there as well three yeah. times uh, so how do you how do you nail down which one you're going to do uh, for me i just go whichever one i'm most drawn to um yeah. and i do the the classic um Sort of better the uh, the original from the Watchmen mm-hmm. film. Um, so I I really like that kind of retro forties pinup look anyway. So yeah. it makes sense for me to pick that sort of thing. To kind of exactly the same reason I've done pinup rogue. I yeah. really love that as a style. So it's, it seemed mm-hmm. the obvious choice. And you're going to be down at Comics Festival as well on the 23rd of April? We are, yeah. We've got a whole crew of X-Men together. We're there as guests uh, for the Comics Festival, which we are very, very excited for. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's six of us in total we'll have, I think. Wow, that's going to be yeah. quite cool. And that was um, guest on week two which was Steve Tanner who came in from Birmingham's Comics Festival we'll talk about that so you'll be doing MCM Comic Festival in London as well Comic Con we will be there in May yep uh, mm-hmm. I'm not sure on costumes yet we're still negotiating on that one uh, I might have a new one for, uh, for that weekend so but... keep your eyes peeled yeah <laughs> and where can we find you online if you want to look into that or yep I am one? Caramel Lasso Kiss pretty much everywhere actually um, YouTube, Facebook, Twitter uh, there's also my website caramelassokiss.com that's brilliant, thank you very much. George is going to be joining us for the rest of the show. Hi, George. Hi. All right, and now we're going to have a quick chat with Philip Ellis, who will be doing a new show coming up soon on Brum Radio. Is that right, Phil? Uh, hello, yes, that is correct. And what's this show going to be about? So um, it is going to be a uh, hopefully weekly um, showcase for local writing talent. So mm-hmm. I'm basically here to ask anyone listening, if you are a writer or you know any writers who... Um, would like to have their work featured on radio yeah. um, then then please please get in touch um, the email address is stories at brumradio.com um, and we're looking for anything we, we're, any genre any style um, so anything that you feel would uh, be enhanced or improved by being um, performed or read aloud so we um, you know loving anything to do with suspense anything mm-hmm. to do with humor um, or you know just anything that's slightly wacky and off the wall or whatever we're um, we're just really really keen to to uh, get as many people involved as possible because I know for a fact that Birmingham has got tons of writing talent. Yeah, and um, about ten minutes in length. You're looking for? Um, uh, yes. So anything around sort of two thousand words would be ideal. Yeah. Um, I mean, we're not going to punish you if it goes over that. Uh, I think <laughs> anything sort of maybe three thousand. You know, at a push and um, sort of to make it to the sort of fifteen yeah. twenty minute mark would be ideal. Mm-hmm. Even if it's something really really short. Yeah. Um, that's you know we're still open to that because that you know short punchy yeah. funny things um could work really really well as well so mm-hmm. um yeah absolutely um we, we're, we're keen not to be too restrictive we just, yeah. just want to get people to uh, to get in touch and, and 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 send us their stuff and are you looking for voice actors as well we are yes so we have uh, currently a, a a small pool of very talented voice actors but again if you're interested in doing voiceover work um then we would we'd love to hear from you and so again yeah the email address is just stories at brumradio.com that sounds brilliant. Thank you very much, Phil. Uh, you're a freelancer, right, in your spare time as well? I am, doing? yeah. Just uh, one of the many hats I have, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so this one you possibly might be interested in if you yeah. want to get those fiction work. Definitely, yeah. Like so I'm now seeing while we're both here, I'm kind of going, ooh, that sounds interesting. <laughs> like, so we right scribble down that email address. Do you, like. take, do you take sci-fi, Phil? <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely, yes. Um, we actually, one of my favourite submissions that we've had so far is um, a uh, very uh, short, funny fantasy story kind of in the style of Terry Pratchett yes I think maybe perhaps I'm, I'm, I'm I've got very very big ambitions for this show and, and uh, you, you guys all need to catch up mm-hmm. um, but yeah so um, science fiction fantasy anything as long as um, the writing really crackles then I'm, I'm keen to, to hear it so 
even a bit of film noir going on there. That might be more of an interest of George, I think. Definitely. And yeah. that kind of 40s, 50s vibe there. Absolutely. Anything to do with that, yeah, because, I mean, that that sort of um, narration is fantastic. The uh, the kind of Philip Marlowe, mm-hmm. um, all the way up to, to Sin City, that, you know, that pulpy, yeah. <laughs> you know, cynical um, yeah. voice, voice acting. Yeah, love it. Yeah, no, that sounds really great. Thank you very much for that, Phil. And um, so when will we start to hear the first few other um, stories? So we out? are doing our first recording next week. Mm-hmm. So we're getting our, our first two stories in the can, as it were. Right. Um, and, uh, but, but I'd like to get a bit of a pipeline of a few, um, yeah. a few stories ready and, and, and ready to go out before we, we start mm-hmm. broadcasting. So I, I'm, I'm envisioning maybe in a, in a month or so, or, yeah. or a, a good few weeks, I'd say. And they're going to be dropped into the Brum Radio schedule. Yes. Um, so I, we, we haven't figured that out yet. So yeah. it's either going to be a surprise story just sort of peppered throughout the schedule or <laughs> it'll, it'll be a, a weekly slot. Um, and, and, and yes, I'm, I'm keen to have a, a, a podcast. So after broadcast, yes. it can be downloaded um, and listened to at your leisure. And you can find all Brum Radio podcasts on Podbean. Is that correct? Paul? Yes. Yeah, so you can find it on Podbean or plug there, on the Mixcloud, which is Brumradio, uh, mixcloud.com forward slash Brumradio. I can be on Mixcloud. <laughs> <laughs> so you'll find it on there. Um, so we'll be looking forward to hearing that from you soon. And now we're going to have a quick chat around the worlds of TV this week with Paul. Now? Yes. I thought you were... Oh, okay. How's no. this going to work? <laughs> so we ha- Paul are having to share a mic, works, so we can yeah. get away with it that. It works. So you've been watching a bit of Geeky TV this week? Yes, you? yes I have. Um, just forget my radio duties for me. Just change my hats, <laughs> my producer duties. Uh, yes, uh, it's the, the TV section with Paul. I want a, I want a jingle. Um, yeah, it's the same the same sit- uh, sitcoms. Oh, I'm going to start again. It's the same <laughs> series that I've been watching usually. I mean, there's not been much that's new apart from the fact X-Files has vanished now. Yeah, it's um, And it ended up. with... I'm annoyed with Channel 5 because they put the end scene on the trailer. Yeah. So, spoilers if you didn't see the end of X-Files. <laughs> Five. Four. Yeah. It was a massive alien spaceship that was on the trailer. Yeah. That's how the series ended. Yeah. It's like, well, why did you... It's like, it takes me back to, again, spoilers to season five of Buffy when Sky put the, uh, the gravestone of Buffy. Like, come and watch Buffy this week. Something <laughs> might happen. So, yeah, looks like she dies. Yeah. Yeah, thanks for that. Um, but it's already been cancelled in the States. So the X-Files. It's, yeah. The X-Files has been cancelled? Yeah, so, like... They oh. were, haven't renewed it. So. I thought they were just making six episodes and they decided, you know. No. David Coveney obviously didn't, as I said before, didn't fancy playing the character he played in the 90s. Mm-hmm. He was still playing It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia or whatever it was. Californication. Californication. Yeah, I think he was, that he was still playing that guy. Um, yeah, so, I mean, yeah, so the X-Files is over. But aside from that, um, I've been watching the same series and the same sort of quality mm-hmm. difference between all of them. Um, very much enjoyed Gotham this week. Uh, yeah. Big, big episodes as the storming of Wayne Manor or the storming to rescue. Was he, was he in Wayne Manor? Uh, Bruce Wayne? Uh, I don't forget where he was held captive, but the storming of wherever Bruce yeah. Wayne was held captive uh, and the rescuing of Bruce Wayne and the teaming up between the Penguin, Alfred, uh, Detective Gordon, yeah. uh, and his boss. That was, uh, that was a really uh, good and powerful episode and it left us in quite the place. And then the voiceover guy said it's Revenge of the Villains in the yeah. second half of the season. So, oh, what's going to happen? That's quite good. Do you watch uh, Gotham, George or Phil? No. Oh, have I yeah, ruined it? I have been. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. yeah. What, what do you think about Gotham this season? Uh, I'm not hugely sold, I confess. <gasps> um, I think partly for me, it's it kind of under underscores that kind of what for me is one of the big questions of Batman is the point of would these villains exist if Batman didn't exist in the first place and having them all already existing when there is no Batman yet but all, if, you look, that. if you look back to the 60s series they're all a lot older um, yeah. we're getting a note from our producer hi uh, guy hi guy <laughs> hey guy um, saying that which one's been renewed for season three? Gotham. Gotham has Gotham been renewed Gotham. for Gotham. season three. Gotham. I was going to say, X-Files yeah, only had yeah. one, or it was season ten or something. But yeah, yeah. Um, Gotham's been renewed for season three. That's good news. So yes, uh, but we're only halfway through season two. But yeah, so you, you George, think... <laughs> I've enjoyed it. I mean, I, I definitely I was like yeah, the so villains more than Batman as characters yeah, anyway. So yeah. that, from but that perspective, it, I like it. If you look back to the, the 60s series, Batman's yeah. in his mid-40s, I think, based on... the actor yeah. but the Joker and the Penguin and other people apart from like the Riddler are in their late 60s by the look of it <laughs> so I think that was probably more of a casting choice at yeah, the time yeah. rather yeah. we'll get some great um, character actors in yeah true I mean the thing that I've found with Gotham Gotham especially in series one it was just oh look who this person is we're not going to yeah, tell I you did. who their character is now I, I said that know. that's my quote I said that on your show <laughs> two weeks ago no I said it first no. No, what, you're right but it was in the first season it was just like yeah sort yeah. of winking at the audience and now 
um, it's sort of grown into its skin a bit and is happy to be sort of more of a mob series really that yeah. happens to take place in the Gotham or the DC universe I was going to say um, the cliffhanger that we have to talk about because I, I thought the episode was going so well until the very final scenes <laughs> when uh, there was a man who looked like he was being chased by someone hiding in a skip uh, and then the, uh, another man in a suit turned up and was like oh this looks exciting yeah. this is exciting he had some sort of technological gizmo weapon I was like oh this is going to be good what's he going to do is he going to burn is he going to is he going to well what's he going to do and then he froze him and he had a gun that had ice in it and it's like this is Gotham it's not going to be Captain Cold (laughs) unless there's a crossover I don't know about um is this Mr. Mr. Freeze? Yeah. And Gotham's been so well in being more mature than any version yeah. of Batman so far, at least, you know, not obviously compared to the Dark Knight, but TV version, so let's yeah. say. And the basically, I'm worried that Mr. Freeze from the 90s is coming back. But if they, how can, can this character work in this more mature universe? Is there going to be a way that a man could actually genuinely take up freezing people for some sort of revenge reasons? Well, or? I found it curious the way they've done Gotham because you don't kind of know what decade it's in it seems to oh, feel yeah, modern yeah. time yeah no the phones and, and they yeah. have phones but it yeah. still doesn't have the feel of a modern yeah. day thing it's kind of yeah they've, changes they've, they've been loose with that you're right they have deliberately yeah. not said it's the modern day but yeah. also not said if it's the 50s 60s 70s they got more of the future yeah well yeah it could be some sort of retro yeah. future thing i mean we're moving on now actually mm-hmm. um Gotham was good i liked yeah. it i'd rate it at least uh Five or four batarangs out of five, or something. <laughs> um, then we're moving on to the Flash, which did have sort of again a fifties retro vibe yeah. because Earth Two apparently is our Earth if the fifties theme nostalgia was amazing because they basically have cars yeah. with that look like they're in the fifties but a modern day and, think, a, and yeah, a retro sort of train and there's quite a lot of um, Art Deco nods and a modern Art Deco. Re- the word of, that's what yeah, I was looking for. Thank you. More thirties and forties. Yes, thing, that's exactly right. Yes, yeah. and that was uh, it's a good episode. And say traveling over to a power universe, you can make lots of jokes about. Um, the way the universe is. Mayor Snart. Yes. That was a funny thing. You can imagine him as the mayor. Deadshot as well. Deadshot, yeah. yeah, There was something to mention. But yeah, um, yeah, a good episode and uh, always fun in Power Universes when they can play with it. But um, more to do with uh, the more to do with Zoom this week, which is great. That's yeah. moving on the arc instead of just wasting time with the reverse flash again. Yeah, and there was a bit of a glimmer of Supergirl appearing as yeah, they transferred yeah, it was, uh, between dimensions. I think it was just her opening titles in the <laughs> <laughs> as they transferred it between universes. Yes, hello Supergirl, you exist. Maybe that will come up in the future. Yes, I'm Hint sure there'll be a crossover coming up. Soon. Yes, um, and then it's almost my favourite show of the week. Unless you're trying to move on already. No, no cool. Uh, always my favourite show of the week, uh, Agent Carter. Yeah. Uh, it's just, it is just the best thing on at the minute, I have to say. Is that because it's a Marvel show, not a DC show? I don't know if I... I don't know. I've never... I've, I'm watching all of these shows concurrently, and I like Gotham, so that's got to be DC. Yeah. But maybe I am just becoming a Marvel fan. It does, I was about to make the point, was Marvel shows seem a lot deeper yeah. and a lot more layered and a lot more less shades of grey and the DC shows are just this is good this is bad and a bit cheesy I mean especially the Netflix shows that we've had so far so Daredevil Jessica Jones Luke Cage Mm. coming up they've been a lot more you've seen the investment in there and they've spent a lot developing the characters and getting them to that stage whereas DC seems to be a kind of uh, we're doing this slightly on the cheap so we'll just throw as many people in and then hide it with CGI yeah and even that's that's something I was about to say two points in that I was going to compare Oh, I am going to compare Agent Carter with Legends of Tomorrow. Yeah. And it's just such a... a I know I'm not comparing like with like because it's second season versus first season. If you judge anything, if you look, think back to Star Trek series of the 90s or anything, first seasons are never great. Yes. And you can, it takes them to season three to get to it. Well, that's the whole trope about Star Trek The Next Generation yeah. with Riker growing the yeah. beard is the turning point in the show when they yeah. start <laughs> Well, exactly, but... <laughs> So you, I really shouldn't be judging it, but Legend of Tomorrow is just so superficial at the minute. I mean, it's like the characters are just annoyed with each other just to generate drama, but there's no yeah. reason for it. This week, the Firestorm guy, yeah. um, Jax, decided to be a bit of a rude word. Uh, <laughs> he's trying to work. A bit of an idiot yeah. and a bit arrogant just mm-hmm. to drive the plot between the two of them, yeah. and then they get a resolution. But the week before, you know, they were getting on fine. There was not much of a character development arc. He was just acting arrogant for no reason yeah. at the start. And then, you know, it was resolved. But the week before, they were getting on fine and they were making friends and yeah. it was someone else's turn in the spotlight. So, yeah. But comp- contrast that with Agent Carter where it's shades of grey and you don't know if anyone's on what side and are they turning 
Yeah, you've had some characters like yeah. the head of the SSR in New York. He was one of her biggest supporters in season yeah. one. Now yeah. he's starting to drift away. Or is he? Or is he? Well, see, I, I, am I ahead of you? Because the last thing I expected when I watched this week's Agent Carter was a song and dance routine, <laughs> which was just uh, Peggy Carter. I mean, I don't think the actress was part of it. She was kind of, everyone else was singing and dancing around her, and she was led by the hand through it. <laughs> it's yeah. like, I don't think it's like when Willow in the Buffy musical couldn't sing, so they didn't have any songs with her in it so yeah I think she was kind of doing that reluctantly everyone else seemed to enjoy it Mm -hmm. Uh, even Jarvis got into it which is amazing (laughs) and then he told her to wake up but yeah that was it just seems like yeah, Agent Carter's got. Oh, just yeah. a, I don't know if it is a Marvel versus DC thing. I'm trying to judge each thing in its merits, but and then you have got the counterpoint of Arrow, which has turned into what Wait. I like to phrase Dawson's Arrow. Well, it's all about I'm, conflict I'm, and love relationships, I'm, and it's going like. So when's some actual action going to happen, guys? <laughs> or are you just going to talk? Well, there's always hour? there's always that thing of they save their money for the sweets episodes, and what do they do with the bottle episodes in between? So they've got yeah. to fill time, and there's there's always episodes that are big episodes and bottle episodes they call it yeah. and they're filling time but I've got a bow to you on this one because of the amount of series that are on at the minute as I keep mm-hmm. saying I've lost track of Arrow I'm about halfway through I've got to catch up with Arrow yeah. and I should be watching The Walking Dead and I'm so behind so yeah. don't talk to me about don't talk to me about that but <laughs> I know I should be reviewing it and I should be doing my professional job I'm behind because there's so much on I can't watch everything there's only so many hours in the day but I will get there yeah. um, so yeah what is Arrow this year is the quality compared to various seasons well you can tell most of the writing staff left and went to the flash because the flash turned up and then all their writers decided to go oh let's go right yeah. for that because that's going to be a lot of more fun only, with monsters a week and fair, I only got into Arrow because of the flash so I started yeah. watching when he came in and then I sort of went back and but you can tell flash has become the flagship show where yeah. Arrow was the flagship <laughs> show so it's kind Good. of the flashes where most of the investments coming in at the minute yeah. and Arrow is trying to make do yeah. with probably some not of the best writing that's come uh, over the last few months is that true though the writers left for the flash yeah quite a lot of the writers left for the flash so, okay. I mean, yeah. I wouldn't say the Flash is the most deep thing ever. No. I mean, it's still a bit cheesy, but it's kind of yeah. a cheesy in a good way, and it has a sense of humour about it. And and Legends of Tomorrow seems to be taking itself too seriously yes. about various things, and it seems to think that the guy with the ice gun is the most best character ever because <laughs> he's slightly evil, but also on the good guys' team, more yeah. clever. So that's the I think it's probably because he's the most recognised person coming from Prison Break, of course. Was he? Was he a better actor in Prison Break? This is the thing; he's not got the acting chops to take this. I don't think if he's just hamming it up, fine. But well, I've never got, seen Prison Break. But how was he better in that? Yeah, well, when you got a former Superman in Brandon Ralph, and he seems to be kind of one of the background yeah. characters, it's kind of you'd, you'd be expecting them to put in him more to the fore. Oh yeah, minute. he was. Super, yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah. Superman returns. Superman, yeah, yeah, yeah. I like him. I like his Iron Man slash Ant Man suit. That's good. Yeah, I like the super powered ones, not men with ice and flame guns. Yeah, he was great. Just got guns. Yeah, They've already got a flame man on the blooming team anyway. Why do you need a man with a flame yeah. gun? So you, you always had. He was great in Chuck as well. That was a brilliant series where he mm. ran around, popped up quite a bit. George, um, what's George. your view on the current DC? This is series? my section. Don't be George. <laughs> okay, George. Hi. Uh, yeah, I feel like DC are kind of going for that kind of tea time family fun viewing, which. Mm. Considering so how dark some of their characters are, it doesn't really work. You yeah. lose a lot of the depth of it. Like I was very underwhelmed by Legends of Tomorrow. Yeah. I really wanted to like it. I love Arthur Darvill. I'm a, you know, I was a big Rory fan when he was in Doctor Who. I really wanted to like it. I was really disappointed. It's kind of like, oh, is that it? Whereas I think Marvel are just absolutely killing yeah. it at the moment. Like Daredevil's been amazing. Jessica Jones blew my mind. That was absolutely amazing. Do you think though that I mean? Daredevil and Jessica Jones I've absolutely loved and I'm not a, a Wish I had fan Netflix of source material or comic books at all you can but be I, I, I love the um, I, can, I love I love uh, the, the Netflix yeah, shows yeah. and I think yeah, that's why what, they work they're making good TV not mm, good comic book TV you can be Netflix and, correspondent Phil because I don't get Netflix so yeah, you have to do the <laughs> more than have to do that and I think, that the, I think the reason it works on Netflix is because for each season of Jessica Jones and Daredevil they have told one story over 12 or 13 hours and so they've given yeah. the characters yeah. real room to breathe, they've given the, the plot room to, really, to breathe. Whereas with some of the network shows, Ooh. they're kind of having a, a an adventure of the week or a monster of the week, and yeah. they're trying yeah. to. It's it's sort of it you know a lot. You, there's a lot of story for the writers to, to kind of churn mm-hmm. out, and you can sometimes it yeah. does feel like they're kind of it's just an assembly line. And the advantage as well with the Netflix series is they drop the whole series in one go rather than having to yeah, exactly yeah. It out over a week. So I think that works much mm-hmm. better on theirs where they're telling that yeah. overarching storyline. Mm-hmm. Whereas on a TV show, it's got to be it seems to be they flip flop between having monster of the week story continuation, yeah. monster of the week story. It's continuation. all about the sweeps. So and, and on, net, on on the network shows, there's. Is it twenty hours per season? Yeah, it's usually oh, twenty. And, and on, whereas Netflix is like it's, it's like ten yeah. or twelve mm. or thirteen or something. How's, so it's just yeah. How's David Tennant doing? Um, 
Is he just don't I, do spoilers? No, without spoilers, I yeah. would say he's. I enjoyed him in Jessica Jones. Nice. Um, I thought I mean, he was amazing. Completely. Yeah. I yeah. was the best. I think a lot. A lot of people were like, "Oh, I don't like seeing you know Doctor <laughs> Who ten as a baddie." It's like, well, you clearly don't understand the how doctor. acting works. <laughs> the um, but no, he was. He was sort of. Um, a very charismatic and charming baddie. I quite, yeah. but but very sinister at the same time. I, and I, I and Kristen Ritter as Jessica Jones was just flawless. He, I love her. Definitely the best one ever. Yeah, yeah. he's definitely yeah. the best at everything. And I'm <laughs> looking forward to getting around to finally watching Daredevil season two at some point. Well, you can do Netflix about <laughs> yes. This. Yeah, I, 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 I will say about that. Um, it's. I thought it benefited from not having um, season one's villain in it. Yes. I found it quite tiresome. Yeah. Um, the Punisher and Elektra are both absolutely brilliant. Yeah, I was quite worried when I heard John Berenthal cast because I've watched him in Walking Dead and I didn't know how he'd come He's much, much better. He, he was Shane. He was huh? Shane. Shane. All, all, oh, the way, all, Shane. The way, all the way back. I, Shane. I kind of keep forgetting <laughs> that all of these characters were in the show, yeah. all the main characters. Um, but no, he's, he's, he's brilliant. He's he? brilliant as yeah. the Punisher. Yeah. Because I think Tom Jane was trying to get back in there after his film with... Oh, oh God, yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah. Many, many um, no, no. Um, I, I, I can't even remember. What, it's Frank, isn't it? It's Frank Castle. That's Frank Castle. I, I was just calling him Shane when I was watching it. Yeah. Um, because that's the only thing I recognised him from. But no, he was really... And in Daredevil, what I love is, actually, like with a lot of hero shows, especially like Buffy, yeah. the superhero is the least interesting character of them all. Yeah. Um, but alone. he's surrounded by <laughs> all these amazing supporting casts. I absolutely love... Um, Deborah Ann Wall as Karen. Yes. Um, I mean, I, I, I loved her in True Blood. But and I think Foggy she, Nelson as well. He's yes. Always great for a bit um, of comic relief. Exactly. He's done some brilliant drama he, as well. Very, very funny, but he had, gets a bit more soul in this yes. season two. Um, Karen is brilliant. I, I just... I like her when she is uh, uncovering conspiracies and standing up to the patriarchy. I don't yep. like her so much when she's just mooning over a guy. So, there's yep. a, and there is a bit of that. There's, there's a bit too much romance in this season. Um, yep. uh, Matt, 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 Matt uh, Murdoch seems to just fall in love with whatever woman happens to be standing in front of in that episode. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I think there's there's something like he has three love interests over over yeah. thirteen hours, which is ridiculous. That's quite efficient getting through the ladies there absolutely um, there's not a single female yeah. character in that show that hasn't been written to have some kind of romantic interaction with him and yeah. I didn't really yeah. like that because they're all so cool yeah. without having that I mean is Electra a possible cosplay for you in the future George? Possibly, yeah. I haven't really warmed to Electra hugely. I think I'm maybe quite controversial. I actually preferred Kingpin last season. I thought mm-hmm. he, Fisk was um, yeah. Fantastic. Vincent D'Onofrio was. I think he did a fantastic job. I, yeah, I was a little bit underwhelmed by uh, by Punisher and Electra. I think the one thing that let down last season was the other gangsters around Kingpin. Yeah. They, they weren't very cardboard con- cutouts. Yeah, the, the, the Russian brothers and, and then the Russian, the, the yeah. Japanese, the Chinese. They were. It was just a lot of very g- interchangeable generic baddies for yeah. him to beat mm. up in hallways. Nothing. Nothing. No. Buffy's brilliant, but I just feel like um, compared to characters like Willow and Faith mm. and, and Giles, yeah. Buffy is just the the, the heroine in the, who kind of brings all these other characters together. She's like, the the catalyst rather than a character. You're like a around. badass, but no. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. And um, so, what was your so show of the week? Sorry, me, Paul. Yeah, yeah. Me back again. Um, the show of the week. It's going to be Agent Carter until it stops, I think. But uh, <laughs> Gotham was right up there, as I say. Gotham, Agent Carter, are the ones smashing at the minute. The Flash is good. Yeah. And Le- Le- Legends of Tomorrow needs the book. Its ideas of it's just a yeah. second rate Doctor Who slash superhero. Thing. I mean, I thought as a, someone who doesn't read comics, I thought there was a comic called Legends of Tomorrow, yeah. but it's just sort of a hodgepodge of ideas, and it needs to. I guess it's using these early series to work out what it is, yeah. but it's not Doctor Who. It's not a superhero. It's I not just Firefly. I don't know why they didn't make it yeah. just a Firestorm show. And I'm surprised that the CGI isn't as good as the other series either, which I was surprised about. When you see the ship and the space battles, whatever happened, and some of the effects of the superheroes, yeah. you know, I just I would have just made it Firestorm versus Ant Man, whatever the hell he's called. <laughs> um, it's yeah, been renewed for season two, according yes. to our renewal expert guy. <laughs> who only knows about when things have been renewed. Yeah, I mean, um, it was supposed to be just a one-shot series, I think, yeah, to like, bring the just, characters forward yeah, and do the just, Vandal Savage, yeah, Savage story. Yeah. And I think there is, there is, I have faith for it. I think it will get better. I mean, I season say, one I'm, of Arrow was Yeah, They are, they are the obviously testing things at the yeah. minute and working out which characters work best with 
each other and the relationships and I'm sure in about a season they'll have worked out what it is but for a minute it's a bit painful and it's yeah. just a hodgepodge of ideas I'd say but I'm not even that bothered about Rory or the time agent whatever he's called yeah. um, you know it's just a thing that's happening and, and I really just want to see Firestorm and Ant-Man what is he called? <laughs> Atom, Atom. Yeah. sorry yeah. he's Ant-Man but yeah. no the Atom and Firestorm is really what I'm watching for and a kind of Captain Cold is annoying me and his, fire st- his flamey sidekick is getting no development so I expect him yeah. to die soon no spoilers speculation <laughs> Um, he's, yeah, so it's it's just a hodgepodge of ideas, and I'm not really bothered about hawks, the hawk people either. No, nah, right. but uh, yeah, so that yeah. needs to book its ideas up. Uh, series of the week is Agent Marvel's Carter. Mm-hmm. I didn't mention Shield, but it was quite good. Yeah. Uh, so <laughs> that's my TV roundup. Thank you very much, Paul. And you can hear Paul every Monday, twelve till two, on the it's bank holiday. It's bank holiday, so he probably won't be in this week. <laughs> <laughs> every other every other Monday, you can usually hear him on his Happy Talk show between twelve and two. Thank you very much to our special guest George Ellesmere from Caramel Latte well, Kiss and me. Safe, Safe Harbour <laughs> Cosplay. And you can find your website as well, which is caramellattekiss.com. That's right, yep. Yeah. And we've got Philip Ellis as well. Thank you very much for joining us, Phil. Thank you very much for um, having me. Phil will be joining us again next week as well to talk about South by Southwest Festival where he popped along a couple of weeks back and we'll be talking a little bit about the techie stuff that went on there. And thank you very much, of yeah. course, to Paul, our <laughs> film TV correspondent. Probably for the time. And thank you very much to Guy at the back of the studio. No problem. <laughs> <laughs> Cheers. Happy Easter. I'll see you next week. Thanks for listening to this Brum Radio podcast. If you've enjoyed it, please consider joining our listener supporters. You can do this by clicking the support tab on our website or go direct to Patreon at www.patreon.com forward slash Brum Radio. Brum Radio shows are streamed online at the Brum Radio Mixcloud page and you can find more podcasts at brumradio.com.